Hey, good morning, Mission Church of the Nazarene, and welcome to the church today. Uh, happy Easter, by the way. What a joy it is to be together as God's family, not necessarily in the building, but whether we're sitting with our family or taking a break from work, we have gathered as the church of Jesus Christ on this Easter morning, and we just invite you to worship with us. If you have God's word, I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 together, a beautiful Easter text. And so if you have God's word, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 24, and let's look at verses 1 through 8 together. Let's read that. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember I told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Let us pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for this text. I thank you, Father, for... Lord, the example that you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ, and the the promise of salvation and everlasting life. And I pray that, Lord, that your light would shine in the darkness today. I pray for the one that is maybe going through a really difficult time, or maybe there's somebody right now that's listening to this this online service and they're, they're just desperate. I pray, Father, that you would just push the darkness out of their life. I pray the light would shine there. I thank you, Father, for our families. I pray that you'd protect our families. Be it those that are sick, that are fighting disease around the world. And Father in heaven, eliminate this coronavirus. Lord, whatever is done, we give you all the glory and praise and honor. Thank you, God, for blessing the reading of this text. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. What a celebrative text this is. I mean, what a what a reminder that the very story of Easter is the, the hinge pin of God's great love for all of his creation. In fact, when we come to the story of Christ, it is, it is a reminder that there is hope in troubled times. In fact, that's my title. That's my theme for today, is that there is hope in troubled times. In fact, we, we think about the Christian calendar. This is the first Christian Sunday, Easter. It's the first celebration that there was something fresh and new that was happening because Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead and we're celebrating that this morning. In fact, the resurrection is a reminder of that. But at the same time, we come to our text this morning and it reminds us even the other end of the spectrum. We've been doing that for a couple of weeks, looking at opposites in regards to the message. And the opposite is not only just basking in the glow and the victory of the resurrection of Christ, but there is the reality that there is decay and there is disease in life. When we see that as we read about the ladies bringing these spices to anoint and to honor the body of Jesus Christ one last time. And, and again, the spices remind us of the problematic and aromatic issues of the decaying body. Certainly there are, there are religious implications. In fact, uh, you know, just kind of settling in the text, we we notice that if the ladies really believed that Jesus was going to be resurrected, they, they wouldn't have brought probably the spices with them. 
They, 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 they know the body had been embalmed. In fact, I did some research and I found uh, in a resource, The Antiquities of the Jews, Book 17, a man by the name of Joseph, Josephus writes about uh, the... The, the detail or the data about embalming that 40 pounds of spices and oils were required to embalm a body at that time in that century. In fact, later on, another source suggests that there was 75 pounds that was used for Jesus' body, embalming his body. And, and that's a tremendous amount of weight. And, and you imagine, I mean, why would it take that much? Well, maybe because of what we read in in the book of Psalms. And if you have God's word, you can look at that at Psalms chapter 16, looking at verse 10. And there, I'm just going to read it for you. And there we read, um, because you will not abandon me, me meaning the Messiah, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one, that's the Messiah, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. So it's interesting that the interpretation of the ancient text is not... Uh, the interpretation that this is a prophecy of resurrection, but that they're not to let the body of the Messiah see decay. So perhaps that's why the 75 pounds, when in reality it was the prophecy, that Jesus' body would not be in the grave long enough for his body to begin to see decay. And so I think the underlying point here I want to make is they miss it. In spite or despite of the fact that Jesus predicts his resurrection seven times in the book of Luke. And they miss it. And they miss it. And I, I think that's exactly what happens sometime for us, not you and I, but for, for humankind, that we miss it. We miss, like, for example, that, you know, part of the, the challenge, I mean, part of the very need of Easter itself is, is that the world is a fallen world and that disease kills us, right? And that sin is ugly. And, and that's part of the reality of the world we live. I, I have an aunt <clears throat> that's almost or about 80 years old, and she'd contracted polio in the 40s, and, and her legs are about this big around. And she's been a wonderful testimony of faith and, and courage because she's lived her entire life serving the Lord. When I call her on the phone, she wants to talk about Jesus. And so I honor her. I commend my Aunt Eva. But the reality is, I want to say it again, as I think about the challenges she's had to go through, that sin and disease, it's ugly. It's ugly. And, and we recognize that. And I, I understand the skeptics. That there are those that are opposing Christianity. And they'll look at the text as we are looking at this text. And they'll say, hey, you know, it's not, you know, they're not all the same. There's inconsistency between the Gospels. Like, for example, in regards to what we just read. And, and the one that appears there at the tomb as the ladies approach. And, in fact, in, in the book of Mark, the, the messenger of their tomb is a man in a long white robe. While in Matthew, it's an angel of the Lord. Read that in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 2 and here in this passage it's two men whose clothes gleamed like lightning and of course the gospel of John we read about two angels but the fact remains as we come together on this Easter morning and we're saying what is it about the fact remains that no matter the scenario no matter the accounting whether it's Christian or secular or whatever gospel you read when we read about Jesus Christ the tomb is empty the tomb is empty and that's what Easter is about, that death has been defeated. Jesus Christ was resurrected, and we celebrate that today. In spite of the fact there are troubles, and there are troubling times that we all have to wrestle with. In fact, there were troubles and troubling times in the time that Jesus Christ was was crucified and buried and resurrected. And, and there were skeptics, and first the first of the skeptics had to be the disciples 
I mean, in fear and question. And even when Jesus said to doubting Thomas, see here, convincing him, stick your fingers in this hole where I was pierced by the spear and know that I am he who has resurrected from the, been resurrected from the dead. Yes, there were times of trouble in those times that Jesus was crucified and resurrected from the dead, just as there are troubling times this morning. And there are people that are going through, you know, sickness and disease. And there is the, the persistency of, of brokenness in life and, and all the challenges that we face. But in the midst of that, we recognize that there is hope. Maybe the trouble is, is the human nature that I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, that, that it's in the fallen human nature of man that we recognize that there is even the need for Easter. I mean, why Easter? You see, that's the beginning place. The reason that Jesus Christ became flesh is because there was the need that there was something that got between us and God, and that something that got between us and God was sin. And I understand, I mean, I know in the broader scope of things, you know, as far as theology goes, it's called sin. But for us, it's selfishness or it's our desire or the the pleasures that we chase after that separate us from the will of God in our life. Or it's just simply, you know, uh, ignoring what the truth is. (laughs) I want to recognize that oftentimes we, we, we... may be listening, but we're not hearing. I know oftentimes, you know, we read, uh, you know, about, you know, challenging things that are happening in people's life and the testimony of how, you know, human nature we push through and we overcome. But the fact is, in regards to the truth of who Jesus Christ is, we have ears, but we don't hear. That's what the scripture kind of alludes to. I, I was enamored and blown away when I began to read an article by a major news uh, company. They were talking about a country by the name of Turkmenistan. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but the president of this country, Turkmenistan, uh, his name is Gurban Guli Bernamanadov, and no disrespect, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but I, I read in that article, and I didn't fact check this, it was from a major news company, they said that this pre- president, the way that country's decided to deal with this pandemic, is that they've banned the use of the word coronavirus itself. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just blown away that, that then he went on to say in the article that, that people were going to be put in jail or fined if they were to wear masks. So the way they're deciding to deal with it is to pretend, pretend that the pandemic was not even happening at all. And I think, unfortunately, that's exactly what humankind does sometimes in regards to the fallen nature of man and the nature of sin. I think the temptation is that, that, that we just, you know, make it relative and that we don't really deal with it. And, and then we talk about, you know, dishonesty or, or selfishness and we, we try to handle them on a, a very human level rather than the power and the redemptive anointing of the Holy Spirit coming in and sanctifying us and setting us free from all of that. I think it becomes this, you know, this journey of, of relativity, so to speak, that it's all relative as long as we don't hurt somebody else. And it's a very tempting and attractive path. But remember, the first skeptics were the disciples. And in their heart had to be convinced of the redemptive power and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And I understand it's a lot that we're wrestling with, but in the midst of it, and this is where I get excited, I know I need to communicate like it's just one-on-one, you and I, but man, I get excited about Easter because in the midst of all this, here is Jesus Christ, and he breaks into our life, and he brings us hope for troubled times. And these are certainly troubled times that we're in. And more importantly, Jesus shows us how to live out our faith as he would in these troubled times. I mean, Jesus really knew about trouble. I mean, think about his path to Calvary and his crucifixion and all the things that he was charged with and had to live with. Jesus, you know, shows us what it means to be driven for or to live for the other. In fact, the penultimate experience and and, and example of sacrifice was not in him just walking around and doing good things and, and the miracles that he performed and all those things are wonderful. Amen. And we need to live like Christ. But you see, the ultimate sacrifice was when he was crucified upon the cross. And so he was living the selfless life by giving his life selflessly. I mean, think about that. He's living this selfless life by giving his life selflessly and he gives his life selflessly on the cross. And as he does that, it introduces us to the deeper and more important thing and that is again the redemptive power of Jesus Christ that is poured out upon us when we realize that Jesus went to that cross for you and I. That's what Easter is about. In fact, that's why we participate in the Lord's Supper. And we take communion and usually it's on Easter morning that we always gather and we partake of the blood that represents his blood that was spilt on Calvary and his body that was pierced and broken, that broken body. And we, we recognize that as we partake in the Lord's Supper and we honor him in that memory. And maybe we need to take a moment today just to do that, to honor the memory and the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made So that we might have relationship, have right relationship with our Father in heaven. So I guess what I'm saying here is the situation. I mean, according to the word of God, according to scripture, not me. But here's the situation. Sin separates us from the one who is holy. I mean, that is the reason that Jesus Christ comes. And understand it's not just in this holiness in in, in regards to being holy or a priestly understanding, as we would say in the the theological realm, that it's a priestly understanding of being holy. And so that is how we get near holiness. But no, it's more in that prophetic understanding that is relationship and having relationship with the one who became flesh and dwelt among us. And that is relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, that's that's what he's calling us to. And and I understand that the hope that Easter reminds us of is it's a hope that breaks in all and in through all of these things that we're talking about. In fact, I, I go back to our text today and I love it. I go back to our text and we remember the ladies were stimming. They They were filled with wonder and doubt and perplexity all at the same time. And as they were filled with all of these emotions, when they see that the stone has been rolled away, and in the midst of that, their life is broken in on, they are interrupted by these men that have clothes that are gleaming like lightning. Now I want to pause there for just a moment and think about what this really means when we read that their clothes were gleaming like lightning. I mean, for me, lightning... It's a flash. I mean, lightning, it is, it is something that is sudden and, and it is awesome. And, and no matter what's going on and what I'm doing in life, lightning gets my attention and I know it gets your attention too. 
And so what happens is they are interrupted and there is this something that breaks in on them and they recognize, you know, those two men with clothes gleaming like lightning. And folks, 2,000 years ago, the story of Jesus Christ became reality on Easter morning and that story broke in and brought hope for the troubled world and hope for mankind and it ought to break in and ought to be not more... Even more than just a flash. He ought to break in on our life and and bring hope in whatever it is that we're going through. I believe that Jesus Christ wants to do that. And I believe that he will do that. And we recognize that. And so you say, well, how how do we remember, you know, how do we, you know, put, you know, feet on what it is that we're talking about and remember what Jesus Christ has done for us in Easter? Well, I, I want to use the word hope as an acronym, the H-O-P-E. And I, I want to begin with the letter H. And H represents, or it means, he will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> we read about that in Hebrews thirteen five that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And maybe the reality is that you're alone right now, or, or maybe you've been lonely. <laughs> maybe you're in the corner of a room somewhere, or maybe in a jail cell, and you're listening to this online Well, folks, we have a promise that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that friend is Jesus Christ. You see, the promise that the Hebrew writer gives us is that he will never leave us or forsake us. And I want to say that to you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then we go to the letter O in hope. and The O O, uh, represents an option for all of mankind, an option for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is an option for everyone, that salvation is an option for everyone, that God will bring and, 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 and redeem you no matter your background or status or race or economy. God brings salvation to you. He's bringing it to you right now. And then the P represents the peace. Peace that passes human understanding. Read about that in Philippians 4, 7. Someone once said that this is a noble and noble only by experiencing it. Did that make sense? What they say is this is only knowable by an experience in it. And once you experience relationship with Jesus Christ and invite him to come into your life, then there is this peace that you begin to experience that passes all human understanding and it's phenomenal. And then the E represents everlasting to everlasting is the mercy of God. We read about that in Psalms 103 verse 17. And yes, God is from everlasting to everlasting, but so is this mercy. Can you imagine that? The mercy of God is everlasting to everlasting, that the mercy of God is coming to you and poured out upon you nonstop. His mercy is sufficient for you, whatever you're going through. It doesn't matter where you're at in life right now. You can be as low as you've ever been. God loves you. His mercy is for you. And he wants to pour his mercy out upon you. It reminds us of the truth. Uh, his mercy reminds us of the truth that he who hath the Son hath life. He who hath not the Son hath not life. No man comes to the Father, that's God, but through his Son, Jesus Christ. That is the promise, that we can have a relationship with the Father. Remember, the idea of holiness, being with the Holy, is in relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ. And so by having a relationship with Christ, inviting Christ to become a part of our life, then we begin that relationship with our Father in heaven. The scripture promises us that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
to purify us from all of our unrighteousness. And so maybe uh, the, the bright spot for today for you is to know that God is waiting to forgive you and to love you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us and to make our relationship with him right. And so I want to invite you to do that. As we remember the acronym of HOPE, that he will never leave us or forsake us. The fact that the option of salvation is for everyone and that peace, peace in Christ passes human understanding and his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. I want to invite you to pray with me to invite that Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sin, to have relationship with you and restore that relationship with God, maybe that you've lost. Maybe it's not been right for a while, but you know what? God wants to make it right right now. He loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. So won't you pray with me? Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for this Easter morning. I thank you for the message that you've given us today, Lord, in this text. The reminder of not only uh, the victory in the resurrection of Christ is for all mankind, but also the reality that, that there is disease and decay and there is a fallen world in which we're learning to navigate and to live. And I know that, Father, the answer for that is your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we just invite you to be, be a part of our lives. For the one that's listening right now, that's praying with me right now, just repeat after me. Pray, Dear Heavenly Father, I love you today. I know that I need you. And so, Jesus, come into my life. Be a part of my life. Forgive me of my sin. And be my Savior. Jesus, I accept you. Thank you for loving me and accepting me. Jesus, I serve you. I pray all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen. Amen. And congratulations. If you prayed that prayer and you said, Jesus, I choose you. You're my Savior. I want to celebrate with you today, just as we're celebrating this Easter Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for listening and worshiping with us. This pastor loves you. Mission Church loves you wherever you're at in the world. Have a wonderful week coming. God bless you.